0: Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the second part of our full episode with Andrew Winders from FIS, where we will get to know more about what is Integrity, one of FIS' treasury management system. Andrew is a senior manager at FIS with a deep expertise in one of FIS' core products, the TMS called Integrity. FIS is a behemoth in financial products and services and offers a broad range of treasury services and softwares. In the episode of today, expect to learn what are the key features of integrity that differentiate it from other TMS solutions, who is FIS and who is integrity made for, how customizable is integrity, how does integrity connect to other company systems like ERPs, Reuters, Bloombergs, payment factories, and so on, and how does integrity ensure data security and regulatory compliance, and of course, much, much more. This whole series of episodes is a bit the first of its type. Most of the episode is about FIS and their solution, but we thought it would be interesting to deep dive into a treasury management system with somebody very knowledgeable about it from the very company providing it. So please let us know what you think about it and if you would like more of this type of episodes in the future. If that is the case, and when you are thinking about how you found our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. Please leave a review if you enjoyed the episode on your favorite podcast platform. It only takes five seconds. will help other learn more about treasury and this would mean the world to us. On another other note, this episode is brought to you by Automation Boutique. Automation Boutique is empowering treasury, finance and risk management with tailored automation solution. They use robotic process automation or PA AI, APIs, and Power Query to create automations that can work with your existing systems. We partnered with Automation Boutique as we really like the approach to innovation and how they help the industry. For this partnership, they came up with an AI-powered automation self-scan that can help you find out if a business process is suitable for automation and how to best get started. It is totally free non-intrusive and only takes about 15 minutes what's great is that the report you will get from the scan helps you determine if the benefits of the automation outweigh the costs if you want to have a look head to the link in the description or to automationboutique.com slash corporate treasury 101 with all that being said please welcome andrew winders
1: Okay, um, first thing that comes to my head is uh, is there something integrity cannot do? But uh, let's, let's dive into this a little bit later. <laughs> um, so among, among everything you've just described, so that, that feels like covering most, if not the key treasury areas, right? What's a typical mm-hmm. mature treasury department will have to deal with? What are the key features of that particular TMS uh, that differentiate it, again, maybe from other TMS solutions? And let's dive a little bit deeper into it later on. But even within FIS, like what does integrity do that we might not find in other TMSs or in a different manner,
2: at least? Okay. So I think, um, I think simply the breadth, that's the first thing. If you want, you you know, as, as I mentioned, everything from simple, simple cash management, but with embedded bank connectivity. So being able to understand the standardized market messaging market formats that banks will use to transmit information back and forth that is that is available uh within integrity having out of the box connectivity to erps via api um that is standard connectivity out of the box so having a lot of kind of yes you've got a um a standardized approach to treasury management but what you also have is a standardized approach to connecting to lots of different data sources. And then, as we were talking about earlier, having all those other embedded features, your, uh, your market data, your money market funds, your confirmation matching, the Swiss Service Bureau, all those other areas embedded into the workflow of integrity offers a very, very broad um, capability, which I, I believe uh, truly differentiates against the rest of the market. But then when you move into the more advanced and sophisticated end you know having the ability to define hedging portfolios having the ability to utilize um, value at risk statistics um, sensitivity and scenario and making sure that when you're a much more sophisticated treasury you've got the ability to really understand your risk profile and what you are as an organization truly exposed to so it really gives that end-to-end treasury capability, but it also has within that um, natural standardized embedded um, connectivity to all the other external data sources that a typical treasurer would need.
3: And is that, would you recommend integrity to a company of any size, or would you say that it would be something that would be suited as of a certain size or complexity or revenue?
2: It's, we used to look at it from a revenue point of view years ago but now we don't because we've got some extremely large organizations using the integrity platform it really comes down to the degree of we have two approaches here one is um, configuration one is customization if the customer is happy to take a standardized approach to treasury and is happy with simply configuration approach to managing their requirements Integrity is absolutely the the right solution. But as a lot of people are aware, FAS also have a secondary uh, treasury platform called Quantum. If a corporate is much more um, aligned to a customization approach, where they really want to create a very, very bespoke workflow specific to exactly how their organization delivers certain part of their process, well, Quantum will allow you to be very, very, customized and deliver exactly on that user's expectation so it's really that kind of trade-off between configuration versus customization and the other difference obviously between Con- quantum is that integrity is a true SAS application whereas quantum isn't but that's where it gives the user the ability to really define in a customizable way exactly what they need and
3: you say it's not a SAS so
2: Quantum is a either a locally installed application or is a, um, okay. uh, a privately hosted application. So okay. still still very much hosted, but within um, the architecture specific for the customer.
3: Okay, very clear. Because uh, So my, my original question about the size, I mean, you mentioned a lot of time, like advanced treasury departments. You said that a few times, and um, which sort of suggests that I guess my question is not so much like would you use integrity or quantum. My question is, when do you move from Excel to yeah. integrity? Or, yeah. or if that's the right solution for you, like how does a treasurer know, oh, right now my treasury department's not using a TMS. I should think about putting a TMS yeah. in
2: place. So you're, the point you're alluding to is exactly right. So in the integrity market is getting wider at both ends. So yes, we're seeing large organizations that would have had Um, very bespoke treasury architecture and solutions now becoming much more standardized. So they are coming into the SaaS market. So you're seeing the larger organization becoming more and more comfortable with a SaaS application. But you're also seeing at the smaller end, um, more and more smaller organizations believing they are now ready to adopt treasury technology because the SaaS application is now um, more affordable for that end of the market. It's, It's much more of a Uh, turnkey approach to delivering a project for a customer so return on investment is very very swift so there's there's arguments at both end so as soon as a customer feels that they are um, spending too much time collecting their banking information in the morning um, they're spending too much time trying to get information out of some of their operations well then is the time to really embrace strategy technology and do away with all of that manual communication and have technology manage that for you.
3: And you mentioned that integrity is like the less customizable option that FIS offers. I'm guessing there's still some flexibility in the tool nonetheless. Yes, completely.
2: Yeah. So, um, what I mean by less customizable, there is one version being a SaaS product, there's just one version of the application. But that being said, because every customer has their own database, every customer can configure their workflow, their analytics, their process, their visibility, their alerts. They can configure whatever they need within that application. So there is not two customers on two different versions. We are only supporting the one version, but the customer has then the ability to configure exactly their process within that one version.
3: Um- that's probably meeting most treasurer's needs then, I yes. guess, like that level of customization. Cause what other customization would you need other than that workflow? Is it just if like the business structure is so unique that you need to have a very specialized
2: tool? No, it's, it's more, it's more to say, um, so business structures and, and, and relationships that can all be accommodated. It's more, if there is something in the products, or some, sorry, if there is something that the customer wants that a treasury platform doesn't deliver, if it's outside of integrity, well, integrity delivers what it has within that one version. With With Quantum, for example, there is the opportunity to say, I want to have that extra piece of functionality. Let's work together on creating that extra piece of functionality for the version that I'm using. And, sorry, again, but...
1: Digging a bit deeper into this Andrew, because I think that's super interesting. Why would a treasury department seek further customization than what a well-advanced treasury management system already offers? Like maybe to, to put practical examples, because let's, let's think about the people completely new to treasury as, as we were uh, a few years ago. Why would a treasury department say, okay, I need a high level of customization for that specific treasury function, can you give us
2: examples, maybe, or like then what they? Will... Yeah, so in in certain um, countries of the world where there's very bespoke processes and very particular ways of doing things, there may be um, the need to really create something very, very specific for their organization. Um, it may be due to um, local banking expectation is in terms of how they actually share information Um, it may be around a very particular process that an organization utilizes that maybe has come from an inbuilt system and actually when the organization has become of a certain scale that inbuilt system is no longer fit for purpose because it can't accommodate the scale but that very bespoke inbuilt system they still want to have a version of in the treasury platform so then, you know, we, we quite often talk to customers who IT departments have, have created their own sort of offshoots of treasury capability. Maybe the organization still believes there's a lot of value in having what their IT department has started to produce. So then there's that discussion with the vendor, well, how much can you accommodate this in the standard offering that you have in your platform? And if if there's something highly bespoke, do we have the opportunity of working with you to create something similar that will actually bolt into the treasury platform so that they can still continue in the utilization of the original tool, but it then just is supported by the vendor rather than their own internal IT team.
1: Makes lots
2: of sense. Also, thanks a lot for this. Back to, back to
1: integrity. How, how does the system integrate and connects to other companies' systems? I think you mentioned earlier, we touched upon the Swift service bureau. It would be interesting uh-huh. to. Dive a little bit into that in the sense of, okay, how does the TMS allow you to speak to the outside world, but also within the company? How does this whole thing
2: works? So one of the ways is integrity comes with a very sophisticated middleware. And effectively, it's a transformation service that comes as standard with the the platform. And what that allows the user to do is to talk to any other system that has a structured file format uh, and that's sending information and receiving information and we typically do that over a host to host connection or otherwise known as a sftp connection so it's a very secure connection but what that what what we say is we one of the other areas where we differentiate is we never tell a customer the format of information that we must receive in order to consume that data We tell a customer, just generate what you can generate. It could be literally a CSV file, an XML file. It could be any sort of file type and any type of file format. And then all we're doing is using our transformation service to understand the content of that information. So it's a very flexible tool. And that means that we can actually integrate to a a vast array of connection types and data sources, but, but in a very efficient way. So there's minimal effort required either on our side or on the customer side to use this transformation tool to read data or to generate data, send information out to um, other other platforms. So that that in itself is is a great tool, a great advantage. One of the other ways, though, obviously as the whole market is is talking about API, so having API like a suite of API connections out of the box, and again talking about how we differentiate ourselves, we we deliver. API connectivity only when it's truly out of the box so what we don't do is we we don't deliver an API connection that's ready on our side but then go and tell the customer they need to do all of the technical work on their side in order for the data to start flowing literally when we say we have an API there is probably a day or so involved just for testing the data flow and that's it and that could be to banks to dealing platforms to ERPs to, to a range of, of data sources. And so
1: when, when preparing for this interview, we obviously thought about our, um, not colleagues, but the, the classic market data suppliers and, uh-huh. um, solutions, right? So Reuters and Bloomberg, but I think earlier in this interview, you mentioned that FIS has its own repository of market data and like live updates. Does this mean integrity or other FIS solutions only come with the, the sovereign market data from FIS or can you still connect to Reuters and Bloomberg if that was the preference of a customer, for instance?
2: Oh, yes. We have many customers using Bloomberg, Refinitiv, um, central bank information. It can come from a multitude of sources. We, we have no specific preference. All we're saying to customers is if you, you know, obviously, the like a Bloomberg, for example, has a great brand associated. If you don't need that brand, if you don't want the Bloomberg terminal, you just need the data. You don't need to spend so much money in procuring that data. It's just going to be an automated feed on a daily basis, and the treasury platform will then, then have the information you need for all of your accounting and reporting. Andrew.
3: Um... You're talking about a lot of data and I guess a lot of sense of data as well that comes into that. How, what's your take around, uh, data security regulation in different jurisdictions, GDPR, GT, I get that right? Yeah, GTPR, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In Europe and, uh, and, and likewise in other regions as well. Like what's your data integrity, data security,
2: uh,
3: a policy or. System? Yeah,
2: we have, uh. FIS is one of the most security-driven organizations that I think you're probably likely to come across. And that's because not only do we have a lot of corporate customers, we've got extremely large financial institutions and banks and and other very heavy users of our hosting infrastructure. So security is extremely important to all parts of the FIS organization. Um, So we partner with... The Department of the Homeland Security in the U.S, we partner with Microsoft. We partner with all the major players in in data security. We've got all the security accreditation that we would you would typically expect that we share openly with our customers. We invite third parties to perform penetration testing on our hosting environments, for example. Um, you know we are very, very aware of the GDPR regulation. Uh, we're very mindful of that. We're very kind of also aware of customer expectation of data residency. So, you know, post Brexit, for example, very important to be able to offer UK and European hosting environments, as as an example, as well as in the other parts of the world. So security hosting, you know, all comes down to that one strategy around how do we ensure customers can make the most of our platforms and the most of our technology but equally, we can absolutely guarantee the, the safety of customer data.
3: Well, I ask you a question. It's a little bit more difficult, uh, Andrew, and, but I'll give you a little bit of uh, perhaps a, a way to answer it as well. So okay. what would you say? I mean, we've talked, we've signed a lot of praise about the FIS system. This episode is not sponsored by FIS. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, they, so I want to delve a little bit into and, and try to give a bit of a balanced view mm-hmm. as well. So, what would you say are the, the limitations of the system today? And and maybe one way, like I said, to, to sort of give you a thread to perhaps go down. Um there's a lot of the FIS is one of the biggest providers uh in, in the market, right? Um but there's a lot of uh young, new uh startups and fintechs out there that are perhaps, you know. Uh, looking at niche fringe mm-hmm. cases that are perhaps a little bit more applicable, that perhaps it's just not the area that FS wants to play in. A lot of the time from these uh, challengers in the market, um, new trends emerge, mm-hmm. right? Or new solutions emerge, which define the market. Um, do you see anything that like you say, oh, this is like where we see the market might be heading towards because of some new new innovations that have come around that, we are looking to perhaps go down towards, or we don't have yet. Is there anything like that you could comment on?
2: Yeah, um, there is, and you're quite right. This is not sponsored by FIS, but I will try and spin a challenging question into a positive answer, of course. Um, so um, <laughs> yes, that, that, that and that's that's exactly right. That you know there are a lot of startups, more nimble players. You know, there's a lot of benefits of FIS, but obviously it's a very large organization and you will always find a few negatives with large organizations as well. So you have to take the positives and, and negatives together. So the new startups can can drive, can influence the market, can program quickly, can get a product out quickly and start to influence the expectation of the market. And that's especially relevant now in, you know, over, the, over recent times with um, geopolitical volatility, interest rate volatility, you know, that in times that we're living in today, a treasurer's job was relatively... I won't say easy, but was less complicated than it is today a few years ago. Whereas now all these other risks that you need to factor in. And so we're seeing a lot of new players in the market around um, optimizing working capital and, and, and um, real, very nice liquidity management as a result of this world that we live in today. Um, you know, understanding what your liquidity looks like in the future and stress testing that depending on certain events i mean that's there there's a lot of new players who who are doing that and that is something that we've we also now have a clear strategy on so we have a an, an internal program around that but to your point there was you know probably a couple of uh names that i can think of in much smaller fintechs that are emerging in different parts of the world who are really leading with some of this but to put the positive spin on, on the end of that the uh we also live in a highly acquisitive world so the treasury world the treasury vendor space everybody's being bought on a weekly basis by different people and it becomes a you know the the industry itself becomes volatile in terms of the ownership of of these platforms and that's one of the benefits that FIS has obviously nobody's going to come in and buy FIS but these small and nimble players that influence and have you know a nice offering initially generally find themselves being bought out by one of the larger players you know at some point down the road but but i think it's good to have this competition it's really that's what always excites me about this role is that you can't just rest on the laurels of a very capable treasury platform because tomorrow somebody's going to come out with something that the market really likes and all of a sudden people see it as really essential and we have to continually adapt very very quickly which is the exciting part of the role so
3: are you guys, do you guys have some sort of, I don't know, incubator program or, or something that you um, are uh, like working with these nimble startups to sort of develop solutions uh, or, or anything like this? Because a lot of big banks are doing yep. that, for example, in other parts of
2: yep. FinTech. Yeah, for sure. So there are parts of what we have in our vision for the platform that we are delivering ourselves. But there are other parts where we said, well, actually, this nimble startup has already done it why would we go and reinvent something similar? Let's just work directly with that organization. Um, so we're certainly doing that. And that that is hugely beneficial, beneficial to the startup. You know, they can then uh, make the most of being or having access to a larger organization and all the benefits that brings and how and customers get a benefit of instantly being able to integrate that newer capability into the integrity platform.
1: To continue on, not the challenging questions, um, but one of the interesting points we, we would like to touch upon, is, and that's something we, we ask all the people working with system vendors that come on the show, what's what's required to implement integrity? Um, what capabilities does the corporate need to have? We often see external consultants as well coming to help and support the implementation of such tool. What's, mm-hmm. f- from your perspective um, and from what you've seen with, all the years at, at FIS, how long does it take to implement integrity and what does it entail exactly?
2: That that is the question we get asked every day, and that is the hardest question to answer. Um, it really um when it comes to the implementation, and it goes back to your your earlier question on how do you evaluate technology. If you you can only evaluate technology if you really understand the vision of your own business and exactly the new markets the new processes the new things you're going to have to tackle as you move ahead in your treasury function so if you understand all of that then you can map that into um, an implementation strategy now we we have sort of two flavors of implementation so one is you are a smaller organization with a lack of resources but you need technology so we'll deliver a packaged approach so roi is very swift, um, costs are very low, but your decisions are limited because it's a a very much a turnkey approach to delivering functionality. That doesn't limit you to what you might do in the future, but to get you started and off the ground, it's a very quick and easy, efficient way um, of, of delivering an implementation. However, for those organizations who really have a clear vision of exactly what they want to achieve with their treasury technology, what we do is, we go through a very clear planning process with the customer before any contracts are signed. So that the customer knows exactly what to expect and we know exactly what to, to deliver. Um, and what we're doing is we're not, I think the worst case scenario is generally where customers say, just come and replicate what I'm already doing because then it limits the value of, of the delivery of the technology. So if we still work with a customer and say, what are you actually, What what is challenging today? What you don't like today? What are you going to need tomorrow? And map that in so that by the end of each milestone, the treasury team can turn around and say, what we're doing now is far more efficient and delivering far more value than we had before. Then that becomes a success. But then there's a third element to it in terms of who's going to deliver the project. Um, so we offer flexibility we have a very large accreditation process with delivery partners Um, so many consultancies based all over Europe uh, can deliver integrity Um, but it's the customer's decision do they want to work directly with FIS professional services Um, we have a very very large integrity professional services organization do they want to work solely with a um, a consultancy that they already have a relationship with or do they want to have a hybrid approach so it really is down to how the customer wants to work with their delivery team absolutely awesome so in terms of resource needed to address
1: that particular point well the the correct answer is it depends but (laughs) obviously obviously you as a corporate who is integrating any integrity who is implementing any system whether it be TMS or trade finance specialist tool or payment factory, you will need some efforts, right? It cannot be completely hands-off, like, guys, just come in my system, do everything, and please deliver me the, the end product. Um, so here again, maybe just beyond the, it depends on the size, what's a reasonable, what's a reasonable, maybe not number, but I, I hope you see what I mean, Andrew. Like, what does yes. it take on the corporate side to say, okay, today we are either without the TMS or with a an obsolete TMS, we'd like to move to integrity. What does it take for somebody completely new to Treasury? What's what does it actually take?
2: Yeah, it takes it takes um a great degree of prioritization because generally obviously you are still performing a treasury function, but you have then the added role and responsibility of supporting an implementation. And depending on your role you know, you might only, if you're an accountant, you might only have to devote, uh, you know, a a much smaller proportion of your time to the overall project. Whereas if you are a treasury analyst getting involved in everything, you may have to devote a a higher degree of your time. So what we do when we design an implementation is taking everybody's availability into consideration. So our shortest implementation um, may take a couple of months, but then it will build up and up from there, depending on um, the size of the organization, the number of modules the organization uh, wants to utilize, um, the the training approach for the organization. So it can really vary between literally very short timeline to be up and running and live, if it's just cash and liquidity visibility. But if you're doing all the way through to front, middle and back office and, and everything else, all the risk and, and analytics on top um then you might be looking at a um a significant timeline um but everything we're, we put together is is factored around availability of resource um and key milestone dates so if you know if you are literally um turning off your if you already have a treasury platform and if you're migrating to uh, or we like to call it upgrading to integrity then um you, um, you know, we have to work back from certain dates. So we have to say to the team we're working with, it's going to be hitting cash and liquidity here, foreign exchange here, back office here, accounting and hedge accounting here. And we must stick to these dates because we have a a deadline that that we must achieve. So all of that is very visible in the design upfront, Um, but then it comes down specifically to your question, what are the skills that the individual needs to bring to make this project a success? So not only must they obviously really understand their own role and responsibility within their organisation very, very clearly, they must be able to translate what they're doing today into what they think technology should actually deliver for them. And we obviously assist in that understanding, but when we've mapped out that understanding, we've got to get the data together, the integration together, the, the, the workflow, the reporting analytics, every part of that process has to be specific to that organization's expectations Um, and obviously we we try and remove as many manual steps as possible and the customer needs to be happy with that so it's there's lots of factors that go into it but we really ask for dedicated support from the cash manager the accountant the treasurer um, if there's any IT support needed for sort of in-house integration to other data sources, for example, just to make sure those people are available and take part of the relevant time to support the meeting of the project timeline.